Welcome to the Deskbound Therapy Podcast, hosted by David London. David is a posture and mobility expert, yoga teacher, and certified online trainer. This podcast is about empowering deskbound professionals, how to live their healthiest life, and move pain-free. If you work at a desk job and want to move pain-free, look and feel your best. Let's get the conversation started to see if you could be a good fit for David's coaching program. Connect with us through all the social platforms and see the show notes below. Now, let's dive into this episode. Strength is subjective. What up, guys? Welcome back to episode 26 of the Deskbound Therapy Podcast. Today, I'm with my friend Nicole Leolios. She is a registered kinesiologist, she has a master's degree in kinesiology. She's a really awesome personal trainer with a really cool outlook to finding what makes fitness fun for you. So I'm really excited for today's episode. We're going to learn about how to personalize your fitness. So why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit about your story, how you got started with fitness and your background. Yeah, sure. Um, first off, I'm super excited to be on the show with you, David. Thanks for having me. Um, I guess I can get started with way back when I actually got into sport and physical activity. So while I was growing up throughout elementary school, I was never really the fittest person around. I was always intimidated by gym class. I remember having to run for cross country and I would just dread that and hate it. And I would always come in last and I was just so just not into being physically active. Physically active. It was not my thing. Um, but then eventually I found my passion and love for the game of soccer. So I started playing that recreationally when I was about 10, 11 years old. And I continued with that and got into competitive soccer. And when I started competitive soccer, I was not the fittest or the fastest or the strongest on my team. I was actually probably at the bottom of the tier. And that kind of motivated motivated me to push myself to get stronger to become one of the best players on the team. And I pushed myself and pushed myself until I became just that in my opinion. Um, so that's kind of how I started. I just fell in love with the game. I fell in love with fitness and getting better and stronger. I had one soccer coach tell me that I had to meet a certain standard of uh, running speed. And that really motivated me. I'll never forget that day because that kind of pushed me to always want to become better and want to become stronger and, and what makes me feel good and what makes me feel powerful off the pitch and on the pitch. And from that, I continued um, just keeping fit after I stopped playing soccer. I continued strength training. I went to kinesiology at U of T, took the undergraduate program there because I was just um, obsessed with human movement and the body. And I wanted to learn more and I want to become more of a professional in the space um, because I developed that passion. So that's what led me to studying kinesiology and then getting my master's. And yeah, and here I am today. Yeah, it's quite a story. Nobody really liked cross country back in the day. It's just one of those <laughs> things you had to do. I remember myself yeah. too. I was like the slowest <laughs> in my class and no one mm -hmm. in my family ever thought I would be active or, or fit. Like I'm like one of the first in my family who's actually like loves working out. Everyone's like, wow, you did it. And I'm just like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was never one of the enjoyable experience. Even track and field, it was just something I would always dread in gym class. And Yeah. <laughs> So what was the biggest thing aside soccer that got you from that shift? Be like, okay, I'm getting good at this kind of stuff. Now I want to help people with their fitness. Yeah. So I think when I was, when I was playing, when I was in my teen, teenage years, I would love to help my teammates and those around me get into fitness. And I would do a ton of research. I would follow people online. I think Instagram wasn't around at the time. But um, so I would go on on YouTube and search different videos, different workouts, how to do things. And that's what kind of got me started. I would just help people here and there, friends and family. Um, and then when I got into the university program, I started to learn more and I got my personal training certification. That's when I actually started helping people out. I knew I wanted to do that. And I started teaching fitness classes and personal training on a small level. But it was a great start to to begin my experience there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We both started at the same kind of point at the at U of T and teaching our classes. Yeah. And, now, and now it's very cool to see you've got your master's degrees now and you're doing online classes as well, which is pretty fun. Mm -hmm. 
I find that you have a cool approach to strength training. Like as a trainer myself, like I'll read a lot of your posts and they have really concrete advice. That's not just, Oh, do this workout, but it's stuff like finding what's, what your strength goals are. What does working out look like for you having the right attitude? And these are things that I find a lot of people aren't talking about, which is why I find you have such a good message to share here with us. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, my big thing is, like we started off the start of the the episode here is that strength is subjective. So for a little while, I got into powerlifting. I forgot to say this part of my story. I got into powerlifting because I wanted to challenge myself and get out of my comfort zone and show women that it's it's okay to lift heavy and you you should feel empowered in whatever it is that you do. Um, So with that, when I come back to that quote, strength is subjective, I guess my main message to to cross to everybody, men and women alike, is that you don't have to be the strongest and lift 500 pounds. You don't have to be the fastest and, and sprint the fastest 100 meter race. It's about what the strength looks like to you. So for some people, that might be just simply being able to get out of bed in the morning. Whereas for somebody else, that mean, that might be just being able to go to the gym and have confidence in the gym. So it all varies and is subjective to that person and their experiences. Yeah, me too. I find a lot of times we get started and we don't really have that goal in mind. I know for me, it was just like I was in high school as well playing sports and I decided I wasn't good at any sports. So I would try to get good at working out. But it was really more an aesthetic goal versus now it's all about how I feel and how I move. So it's interesting how we change our outlook as we spend longer in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's nothing wrong with aesthetic goals. Um I feel like in the fitness industry, there's always those two extremes. You're you're either all into the aesthetics or all into one thing. But the way I approach it is any goal you have is valid as long as you are aware of the the motives behind that goal. So as long as that motive is to to make yourself feel better or to make you feel good and what you're doing, and it's not um, for any other external source, I think that um, any goal is valid. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you're not doing it for someone else and doing it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just going to have like a bad week and you're going to lose all your motivation What if it's not coming from within. Because I exactly. found that too, talking to some of my clients and sometimes they're not 100% clear on their why. And you really need to be super clear. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like you're flip-flopping all over the place and you'll never really see the results you're looking for. Yeah, Absolutely. So what are some other ways you recommend people get started with their strength training? Um, I think it all comes down to the objective of as to why you want to start getting into strength training. Now, I'm a huge advocate. I think everybody should be strength training just for longevity of your joints, your body, your muscles, and just having a overall strong functional lifestyle. Um, but in terms of getting started, I think that it'd be great to to sit down with a professional or even just asking a professional for advice in, um, in what you want to do. So let's say, for example, my goal to, to start strength training is to be able to run a 5K. Now, people don't often associate running with strength training, but strength training is, is actually that precursor or prerequisite. I'd say to actually get to that 5k, we have strong, healthy joints, then you'll be able to perform well. And that applies to anything in life. Um, I think that starting off with a simple goal, keeping it simple, short and sweet, um, having one thing in mind to work towards, and that can kind of cascade into multiple goals as you get stronger over time and you get more confident with your body and what you can do. I feel like gaining confidence is one of the biggest things as well when you're getting started, because a lot of times you're always questioning your form and you're not sure if you're doing the right exercise and you try everything possible. And then once mm-hmm. you spend a little bit longer, you're like, okay, this is working for me. And it teaches you a lot about your body. And I like how you, you bring up the joints too, because I know when I started, I didn't do that much stretching. And a lot of beginners too, they really just think they can jump into the powerlifting without doing any of the prerequisite yeah, work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where you often run into those mobility problems and and that's what kind of sets you back. So I feel like, being patient as well in the beginning, like you're not going to be the strongest, your strongest self right off the bat. It's going to take time. It might even take years, but being patient with yourself and just enjoying that process and celebrating those process-based wins, I think is super important. And that'll keep you on track as you continue through your journey. 
So what are some kind of things people could track so they're getting started? Would you recommend they track their, their workouts to see if they're getting stronger? Or are there some other things people can use to assess how they're doing? Um, I think, it, again, it depends on the individual's goal and their experiences. So one way in tracking um, those process-based goals might be just getting yourself to the gym or getting yourself to that workout. Let's say I have four workouts planned for the week. And I've succeeded. I've done those four workouts. That's a process-based win, in my opinion, and just continuing that momentum. Another process-based win is if you're basing your success off of any objective value, whether it's powerlifting number that you're trying to attain or um, a running speed or pace, and you um, succeed with that, I think that could be another process-based win. It's all subjective. And it's true. And I find sometimes you'll, your goals will change and some will motivate you more than others. I know for me right now, it's different than it was like two years ago. And it's interesting how you can still have the same motives, but have different goals. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You go through stages, I think. Um, and I think all those phases and stages you go through, especially early on in your fitness journey, kind of shape where you end up and you appreciate all of those things and, and to where they bring you to where you are. Yeah, because really it's a a lifelong thing. Because if I look back when I started, like twenty eleven high school, whatever, it was the goals were so different, and even my outlook and mindset was so different. It was all about just beating my body up, and now it's about really, you know, just focusing on how I move, the mobility, building functional strength, and then even Absolutely. recently, like three years from ago, it was just like all I cared about was my one rep max, mm -hmm. and my it's it's so interesting how. You don't plan where your fitness takes you, but you just get started and you gain that confidence in your body. Exactly. And and you kind of just keep going and you find different things and you explore. And I think it's, it's so liberating to just um, feel what your body can do and what you can accomplish in different settings and areas and activities. And I think that really um, gives you that empowerment and builds that confidence over time, just knowing that you're able to achieve those certain things um, and then finding what works for you and that you could stick with that over the long term. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause especially too, when you're getting started, I find it, it can be easy to say, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that. And then if you focus on smaller goals, it can help you overcome those blocks. Cause I know I've mm -hmm. talked to some people in terms of they want to move better and I hear it often. They're just like, I don't know where to get started. I don't know what mobility plan to follow. So what would you recommend in that sort of situation? Um, I think if, if the person just generally wants to be able to move better, um, I think it would be a good thing to just follow a basic mobility plan from the start. And then you can start to see, or as they go through that plan, they can see where their limitations are. For example, if you're having them sit down in a deep squat and they can't really get into that range without keeping their heels on the ground, then you can kind of see, okay, maybe their ankles are, are have a limitation or maybe we need to dress somewhere else and, and going off of that. So I think by doing, you figure out where those roadblocks are or limitations are uh, from a mobility perspective. If we're not talking about assessment, obviously, we're just kind of just generally getting into it and then working from there. It's actually quite interesting that you bring that up because in the last episode I was talking with my buddies at the school of calisthenics and they were saying well, one reason why they love calisthenics is because it exposes your weak points. For example, I was saying, you know, my core strength strong enough to do a straddle plunge, but my wrist strength isn't. And that's really mm -hmm. the, the goal there is that I found a weak point I can work on and I can work on prehabbing that so I can still chase my strength goals without getting injured. So I find Body weight's really great for getting started as well. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think, I think everyone, any athlete should be able to master their own body weight and be able to move freely, pain-free, um, without no limitation way before they put any load onto their, onto their system. I think that's super important. Yeah, I think it's sort of the mindset too. A lot of people in the fitness industry just feel like if they're doing body weight, they're selling themselves short and they're not going to see the results they're looking for. And, you know, you can't build muscle with calisthenics. Well, really just about, as you were saying before, just progression and getting stronger. Mm -hmm. And with body weight training is, is a hot topic right now, especially with uh, 
the situation we're in and I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. But um, yeah, it's, it's a huge misconception. I think that body weight training can be very challenging depending on how you, you do it. And just the general public doesn't understand that there's different um, ways to manipulate movements that you're doing or tempos that you're working at that can actually make that body weight training a lot more challenging and keep you progressing. Yeah, I find too, it's very difficult to develop body awareness, especially which is so important as a beginner to really know how your body's moving, to have a sense of the right form. If you if you just skip that phase and you jump into, whether it be you just go to a gym with machines or you're just at home and you're just running, like mm-hmm. I find that you're really missing out a lot of the benefits. Yeah, absolutely. I think even just develop, like you said, that body awareness and developing that physical literacy, knowing an proprioceptive awareness of where your body is in space, where my knees should be when I go down in a squat. I think a lot of people take those things for granted and then down the line, they may run into problems that they may not have encountered should they have paid attention to that when they got started. So I think developing that body awareness initially is super, super valuable. It's something I kind of took for granted because I started a little bit. I started with like calisthenics and gymnastics for a while. So I, for a while, I felt like I had too much awareness. Like I was always worried about having perfect form. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a block me from there with pushing myself too hard. Sometimes you're just like, especially as a trainer, you can be super critical on yourself. So oh, now, yeah. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> so now I'm in the past, like, let's say six months, I'm trying to just like, push a bit harder in the intensity and just trust that my body can handle it because I know I've done the work, but sometimes you just want to just go slow, slow tempo and have good form. And I'm just trying to get more explosive and just trust that everything's all good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that requires some experimentation too, right? When, when you're getting into those new things. So how much has your training changed from when you got started to now? What does it look like for you? because of quarantine or just in general well just like a bit about your style like i know you're really into helping people find what's functional for them and you talk a lot about functional strength yeah um so i guess for me personally i do what feels good um right now i'm not following any sort of structured plan i usually follow a program but i just not really in the headspace to have a set program to do right now so i'm just doing what feels good um, and, and what I focus on is a mobility first approach to what I do. So making sure that my joints feel good before I put any sort of load onto them and just maintaining ranges of motions and, and, and staying strong within those ranges of motions to keep my body at its, at its best potential. So right now I'm incorporating a lot of mobility work, a lot of strength work, body weight training. Um, I got back into running a little bit, not often, like once or twice a week, which is, which is pretty good for me. Um, and a lot of walking just to feel good and just to, to get those 150 minutes of cardio and throughout the week, keep my heart healthy. Yeah, that's actually a good point is the cardio. Cause I find a lot of people who, who weigh lift and even me, for example, like I remember I'd be power feeling for like six months and I'll completely forget I, that cardio even existed or <laughs> you're just like, Oh, right. There's cardiovascular health as well. So, yeah, so it's yeah. like, really eye-opening to dabble in different sorts of fitness and be more, more well-rounded. Yeah. So I find that too, you can talk a bit more into this, how cardio can actually help you perform better with strength training. Well, yeah, I think having a strong cardiovascular system can help you um, deal with metabolic stress better. Like you're able to synchronize your breathing with the um, eccentric and concentric portions of your lifting Um, For example, as I'm coming into a squat, as I'm coming up, I want to breathe out and I'm able to coordinate that. And that also takes that that, uh, mental piece as well. Um, But yeah, definitely having that strong cardiovascular system, you can bring more oxygen into your muscles and feel stronger with that as well. And I'm actually curious about what you're saying previously about the mobility first approach. Say, for example, you just weren't feeling it one day, you're warming up Mm -hmm. your shoulder, for example, would that mean you're not going to train that part of your body or you're just going to focus on the mobility and then do something else until it feels ready? Yeah. Um, I think depending on the state of what is ready, put that in quote air quotes, (laughs) um, like for example, if I'm doing, um, 
a shoulder circle or shoulder car controlled articular rotation. And I feel like I can't get into full shoulder flexion without compensating my torso. Um, I probably won't go and do overhead pressing that day just to prevent, I don't want to run into any injuries or I want to make sure that I have that range or address what's going on there before I get into the, the weightlifting. And I might just shift my objective for that session. Maybe I work on um, improving that range or seeing what's going on there and addressing that limitation, or I'll target a different um, muscle group or just work within what I can within that range of motion that day, if that makes sense. So if I can't go all the way up in that full flexion, shoulder flexion, I might just do something else within a smaller range of motion. Yeah, it teaches an important lesson too that you can't expect your body to feel the same every day, especially if you are strength training and you are a beginner, you're definitely going to get a lot more delayed onset soreness. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, when you're starting out, you will get that soreness. For sure. <laughs> Some people I've, I've had clients where they're like, Oh, I've been sore for three days. Is this normal? I'm like, yes, it's completely normal. You're going to be okay. You're going to, you're going to get stronger and you need rest. People often, uh, underestimate the importance of rest especially with strength training and they don't realize and this is where we come into play with that education that resting and recovery is where the muscles will get stronger and redevelop giving them that adequate nutrition sleep checking all those those check boxes is super important as well yeah i know for example like some weeks like my shoulder will feel great in other weeks it won't so that's kind of my cue i kind of like okay how did i recover how many rest days do I need in between my next training session? So it's a little bit less strict than I used to be. So now I'm just trying to be like, okay, what do I need for my body to feel prime? So in the, like last week I worked out twice and I did two, just two upper body sessions in the past. I would, I'd be like, Oh no, I didn't get enough done. I'm not going to see the results I want. I didn't do, do six days a week. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Take a second, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review and a comment. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me know what you want to see next. Let me know who you want me to interview. We really appreciate your feedback. It's going to help us grow the Deskbound Therapy podcast and promote the Deskbound Therapy lifestyle. But I find, you know, as people get into their fitness we'll spend more time with it. I find it's you you get comfortable with being, okay, I actually need this rest and I'm going to embrace these active rest days as opposed to just pushing through the soreness. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you see the benefit of that, that's when you'll understand, okay, I need these. I'll stick with it. I'm going to do it. And um, when you see those results, that's what really helps um, reinforce the importance of the rest. You know, I feel like the biggest difference is people think that it needs to be a complete rest day versus an mm. active rest day. Like, I don't yeah. think you're going to recover as well if you just sit on the couch because you're not going to get as much circulation versus just Absolutely. even just going for a walk, doing some mobility. So a bit yeah. of fo- foam rolling if you if you like that kind of stuff. Yeah, or and even just, just doing something fun, like going for a bike ride, playing a sport, have fun with it. Yeah, go play some soccer, right? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I was playing a lot of Frisbee on my rest days at the park before they closed them. Now I'm just walking the dog and doing a little bit of mobility here and there. Yeah, I feel the same way. Long walks, that's pretty much it. And mobility work for the rest. But it's yeah, good. We're going to be, we'll be better for it for sure. I see you got an elliptical there too. It's probably helpful. Yeah, sometimes. Not my preferred choice, but it's good to get the heart rate up. Yeah, I find I like just listening to podcasts on the elliptical. Not really like going too hard, but just kind of yeah. pairing activities. Yeah. That way you can get a little bit of energy expenditure while you're relaxing. Yeah. And I think that brings up a good point. A lot of people associate cardio with just long bouts and it's boring and they hate doing it, but there's actually um, ways you can, can adjust that throughout your day where you can, those bouts or exercise snacks as what the research is calling them now can actually accumulate and add up to the same amount of benefit as if you were on that elliptical for 40 minutes, doing 10 minutes here and there will add up to just the same amount of benefit, which is a good thing to note. You know, I would definitely say if you're working at home and you have access to treadmill or bike or elliptical, even just walking around, like walking around 10 minutes, four times a day is a lot better than, you know, sitting eight hours and just going for a one hour walk. Absolutely. Breaking it up is a lot more important, even for your posture and just your circulation and everything. So yeah, I agree with you there.
Yeah, I actually posted today that it's impossible to have good posture for eight hours all day. You actually yeah. <laughs> need to move. You physically, even me, like I focus yeah. on helping people with their posture and I can't sit for eight hours. Like eventually we're going to slouch and it's really just about preparing your body to not slouch and to move. Yeah, absolutely. And a big thing too is, you know, you it drains a lot of your energy as well when your body isn't moving. So you're you're getting a lot done. You're, and it's also going to facilitate your fitness goals as well because you're going to be keeping your body and your mobility prime versus sitting eight hours a day and then taking half an hour to an hour to warm up your body to train can be pretty frustrating. Yeah, exactly. And I think also just sitting and lounging around all day, if that's that's something that you do, can can actually bring down your energy levels and cause you to feel more sluggish. Having those little bouts throughout the day will improve your energy levels as well so would you say if someone is work is wants to you know get more active and they do currently work a desk job and they're working from home is there anything different they would have to take into account versus someone else who's getting started with their fitness yeah so i think if someone has a desk job and here i'm going to make the assumption that they're sitting for eight hours a day very sedentary yeah um, one piece of advice I would give would be to not just jump into a hardcore session right off the bat or like the weekend warriors where they just go and hammer themselves through a boot camp class, not addressing how they're moving, not addressing any underlying mobility restrictions from the poor posture sitting at a desk all day. I think that would be my biggest piece of advice is to avoid that. Um, start slow, set little goals for yourself. And I think it's really important. The first and easiest thing you can do is just move more throughout your day at work. Um, I've worked with clients who are in, in that exact same position and I've got them a pedometer and I say, okay, you're starting out at 2000 steps. Let's try and increase that to 4,000 today um, or this week. And then they build up from there and they see like, Whoa, okay. I actually wasn't moving a lot throughout the day. And now that I'm moving more, I do feel better. I feel more energized. I can focus better, um, while I'm working and they, they're more inclined to do activity later on throughout the day, whether it's a 20 minute workout after work and, or whatever it is they're comfortable with. But I would say avoid jumping into it, into the deep end, start out slow in the shadow end, build up those habits over time. Yeah, habit formation is a big one. And it's actually a really concrete goal people can follow is 2,000 steps. Just start with that. It's better you show up and do that every day or three times a week than like doing 10,000 one day and 1,000 the next day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And our bodies like that um, consistency. And it gives us a better chance to recover and, and allows our body to just be stronger over the long term as opposed to just hammering it one day and then doing nothing the next day consistently spreading that out throughout the week is will be a lot you're a lot better off doing that yeah habit formation is a big one especially something i use with my clients is we use habit trackers i'm getting to track you know what how many hours they're sleeping each day their meal prepping if they're doing meditation um how many whole foods they're eating just stuff like that so i find having that when you get started is super beneficial just so you have some sort of visual something to tick off some that's a great way to actually track those process goals we talked about earlier yeah exactly exactly and, and drinking water too people don't do that enough just track it it's so I easy like, so i brought my cup and my straw yeah. like yesterday <laughs> I, like yesterday i completely forgot i'm like oh i didn't really drink much and it was already late at night and i'm just like i should if yeah, i had that it's weird <laughs> Do you find that now that we are staying home more, we kind of, our schedules may not be as busy as they were before. Do you find that it's harder to drink water? I find it harder now. Which is I weird. find it too. Like, unless it's some sort of flavored water, I've been getting really bored of water and I'm trying not yeah. to drink too much coffee. I'm drinking about one or one tops two a day. Yeah. So I just find it's hard for me if it's, if I'm not working out, like I get super thirsty during and after workouts yeah. And then other than that, it just, I find it quite challenging. Yeah. A good uh, tip that I usually do is just keep the water in front of me. The more you see it, the more inclined you'll be to to actually drink it. So that's what I've been doing. Keeping yeah. it close by. Yeah. I'm not sure about you, but I find having like a cleaner workspace helps a lot with the mindfulness as well. Like keeping things clear that way you just have your computer to do list and your water, but if everything's cluttered, it can kind of make it easier to forget a lot of your habits. Yeah. 
I think that that physical clutter in front of you translate into that mental clutter. So I think having both is important, especially when you're trying to stay on task. So what are some strategies you recommend for adapting your training from home? I know you have quite some experience training at home. What are some things people can do, such as circuit training or supersets or resistance bands? Um, I think it comes down to the equipment that they have at home. So everyone is in a different situation. So if you have a full gym at home, that's amazing. Continue with your usual training. Continue doing what you're doing. If, on the other hand, you don't have access to any equipment and you just have your body weight or maybe some bands, a couple, a couple of weights lying around, um, I think there are ways that you can still make progress with your training. One of those being supersets, like you mentioned, and those circuits, but planning them in such a way where, you know, you're still focusing on one movement quality. You're moving, you're moving well. You're not just going to throw that out the window and do a hundred burpees as fast as you can, because chances are you're not going to be performing those very well. So I would say dial in on your, your movement quality, your movement form, stay focused on that and mastering each of the fundamental movement patterns. Cause I know a lot of us can, can practice those, even if you're an intermediate to expert, uh, lifter trainer, um, trainee. So I think dial in on your form, master those movement patterns. And there's ways that you can make them more challenging as well by varying the tempo. So doing them slow, more like slowly or um, in, increasing the speed at which you're doing them at once you've had that, that movement quality down packed. Um, and then just playing around with it, still having fun with it, play around with different combinations of movements. And yeah. And fun was fun, right? You, if, you're, if we're stuck at home, you don't want to do a boring workout. <laughs> exactly. That's why I say have, play around with it, have fun with it, find different moves. And it's totally okay to find workouts on Instagram or YouTube that you might find intriguing or interesting, trying one of those out and see how you like that as well. Yeah, I know you're doing the online classes. How have you been getting the feedback from that so far? So, so far, my my participants are loving it. They love the variety. I like to keep things fun, but we're, again, like we're always focused on those fundamental movement patterns, movement quality first. You'll always hear me cueing constantly. I'm not doing the workout with them. Um, I'm actually showing them, I'm critiquing them while we're on the Zoom call, which is a great thing with Zoom that you can actually see everybody. I think posting videos on Instagram is great just as an educational piece, but being able to actually see what those um, people are doing in live time and you could correct them there, I think is very valuable for them as well. And they're also learning as they go. They're becoming better masters at their, their body and movement and having fun with it and feeling strong. Do you think people are going to go right back to gyms after this quarantine? Or do you think people are going to be more keen on training at home now that they, it's kind of forced us to get over that roadblock and be like, okay, mm -hmm. I can train at home. Yeah. I think it all depends on um, the way that we feel. Um, I know that the restrictions aren't just going to be lifted and everything is going to go back to normal all at once. I'm sure there will still be restrictions for gyms whether that be the amount of people that can go in or the cleanliness aspect of the gym. But whatever that is, I think people might be hesitant to start. I think they might be afraid just because of everything that's gone on. And now that they're comfortable at home, they may choose to stay at home. Or there might be that crowd that's like, ah, screw it. I'm going back. I can't wait to go back. I need to do my thing in the gym. I need the gym. So I think there's going to be two sides. I think there's going to be two groups. Those who are like, okay, I'm going to stay at home. I'm more comfortable at home. I know I'm safer. I'm safe at home. So they're going to do that. But then there's also going to be that group who choose to go back because just can't live without the gym. Right. Um, but I think for those that whatever route that you choose to take, I think both are, 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 are great options. And it's just a matter of being able to continue doing what you like to do. And, and so you can keep up that exercise routine or fitness routine for the long term yeah, I find too one of the things I feel a lot of people are missing is that social aspect you have your crew at the gym and mm -hmm. it can be tough and sometimes that pushes you to go a bit harder whereas at home it's just you versus you and it's just you to push yourself versus if you're if your buddies are watching you you go a bit harder you really push yeah it. no I told I totally agree with that I love the whole social aspect of going to the gym seeing the regulars there having a conversation, being able to get a workout in together in person. 
nothing beats that in my opinion, um, being physically there with the person. But I, I also feel that the whole Zoom classes and Zoom training is, I'm not going to say it's as great as being in person, but it definitely has its its um, benefits as well. I think it's really good if this continues and we stay at home, um, joining a Zoom class or getting a session in with a trainer, I think that can make a real big difference for um, confidence and and knowing that things are being done properly. And it just has having that, that social um, relationship in the comfort of your own home. I think that's super valuable if that's something that you feel that is lacking in your fitness routine. You know, I feel like it's also going to transform the fitness industry. I feel like not just you, but a lot of people would be like, online classes are great. Like maybe you don't have time every night to get to the gym, but if there's mm-hmm. online classes, it's one less excuse people can make. Yeah, you're right. I think those are something that'll continue for the long term, whether in whatever capacity they, they will continue. But I think it's something that we for sure evolved and will continue. And I think that different platforms will come out and there'll be different ways to do things and we'll just continue evolving. And I think every industry is in that same boat right now. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely uh, changing things around. I know we used to teach the in-person desk mount therapy workshops, but we've been teaching online workshops over Zoom the last month or so, which has actually been great because previously we had only been doing them in, in Toronto and office spaces. Now we're actually doing them in the Zoom offices all over the world, which is pretty fascinating. You've got bigger reach as well, which is which is really cool. Yeah, it's something I never yeah. thought of, but I actually got a, a message yesterday about doing one online in India, which is something we're we're considering doing. So there's definitely some a lot of pros and cons of changing the way we do things, being more um, reactive yeah. to the times. Yeah, and I think that go that goes hand in hand with being reactive with your fit and adaptive with your fitness as well. Like it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be plug and play. Like, here's your plan, go and do it. There's going to be days where maybe you don't want to show up or maybe you can't do what's on your plan, or maybe you are a new mom and you have tons of other responsibilities and working out just isn't on the list right now. There's going to be roadblocks and you have to adapt either way to continue this for the long term. Right, right. Totally. Roadblocks definitely come up. So how would you recommend people approach those? I know you talk a lot about having the right attitude towards your setbacks. What are some takeaway points you'd suggest there? Um, I think first and foremost is to be kind to yourself with the setbacks, like not beating yourself up for missing a week at the gym. You know, in the long run, you may benefit it. Maybe you need that mental mental break or physical break, whatever the reason is. Maybe you're just not in the position to do it right now and you need that, that, that time off. So just being kind with yourself and using that kind language. I know we have all that, we all, all have that internal dialogue and sometimes it can be against us and sometimes it can be for us. So making sure that internal, internal dialogue is for you and not against you. Um, and also having um, just different plans in your pocket that you can choose from let's say you may not be able to go for that hour bike ride you planned. Okay. But you can do a 15 minute Tabata workout in your living room. Fine. You have different options depending on what situation you're in to make things work. Yeah. The week off is actually pretty nice. Like I know I had one recently and it was actually quite quite free. I mean, I just felt so good and I got into other hobbies. Like I thought I was going to hate it, but I came back twice as strong, which is a nice bonus. Yeah, I feel the same way. I've taken a week off before and it's like, whoa, I actually feel a lot better now. Like I can, I feel strong. I feel mobile. My body needed this. And you realize that after the fact. You know, I think it's good to one, listen to your body when you're going to take one of those weeks, but also just well, listen to your body when you're going to take them, but also to plan it so you can, you know, prevent overtraining and under recovery. Yeah, absolutely. So I got a few more questions for you before we jump into the rapid fire questions. Uh, where do you sure. see your your fitness business in the next five years or so? Ooh, good question. That where- <laughs> that, that answer has changed since all this has happened. Um, so I don't know if we 
if this lifts and things go back to normal in an ideal world, five years from now, I see myself just continuing to grow my client base and continuing my reach on social media to help people all over the world. I think um, I have a knowledge, knowledge that needs to be shared with others and, and, um, it's not always the same views that other fitness people are putting out there. So I think that's important for me to, to stand out and, and share my message with the world. Um, but continue to grow my client base and my personal brand. And eventually one day, hopefully have my own studio and have my people come into there. Yeah, it's so true. It's really important that you stick to your message and your beliefs and you don't let any of the, the things on social media influence you. Absolutely. I think it's, it's tough, especially in the fitness injury, injury (laughs) industry. Um, there's, there's two sides to it. I feel it's, um, a binary field. You have the people who are in it for the right reasons and those who are in it for maybe the not so right reasons. And I think filtering through that and staying true to your message and what you do is very important as a communicator and leader in the industry. Yeah, one thing I like about your message is you talk about functional fitness a lot. And I know it varies person to person, but a lot of times people aren't super familiar on what functional movements are to begin with. So really promoting your brand with that first is definitely very powerful. And I think the word functional has just become the hot term in the industry. And I think functional, like for me personally, if I had to define functional fitness or strength, I would say that function is dependent on whatever you need it for. So like I said, at the beginning of our our chat here, let's say 65 year old Sally needs to be able to get up from the couch after watching an hour episode of Young and the Restless or whatever it is, that might be functional for her being able to get up from the couch, being able to reach in a cupboard for her, her dish. Whereas for someone else, that functional fitness or mobility can be to operate, um, a piece of machinery in their, in their workplace. So it all depends on where you're at and your, and your lifestyle. Yeah. And definitely. And I say those functional movement patterns are great place to get started on top of knowing where you need that strength to help you in your life. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So now I'm going to ask you some questions, whatever you have on the top of your head, just kind of blurt Uh-oh. it out. Feel free to <laughs> okay. Feel free to, to expand, but we're going to try to go through 10 rapid fire questions here. So how do you okay. find work, work-life balance without losing sanity and feeling guilty? Hmm. Um, for me, I'm a big planner. So if I know I have um, work to do, allocating time to that work and then allocating time for life. So never having the two intersect. I think it's really important for mental health and for productivity. So um, on a regular on a, a regular workday or weekday, say I have my three-hour block of work where I'm working on that. And then that 30-minute hour break of, of lunch or meditation time, going back to work and then back to my workout. So just having those blocks throughout the day to, to make sure that I have that balance and I'm not just bombarding my, my mind with so much going on, like knowing, having that structure. Yeah, it's true. You don't want the two to intersect. And sometimes it can be hard. We try to multitask with both, but really it's not a good balance. Yeah, it's definitely good to have those boundaries. Not, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Boundaries, very important. So um, off topic question, but who's your favorite soccer player? Mm, you're gonna <laughs> who do you think Ronaldo? Ronaldo. That's but but if I had to choose it'd be Christine Sinclair or Alex Morgan female soccer players both my favorites both amazing yeah they're great they're great yes uh who is your greatest inspiration why my greatest inspiration hmm this is there's I have a lot of inspirations but I think my biggest inspiration would have to be my my mother. Um, just her work ethic is is in, uncomparable. Her strength, her mental strength, it's just something I've always looked up to since I was a little girl. You know, she's always told me to do what I am confident with and, and passionate about, and to always speak with confidence and not worry about what other people think, and always stay true to what I believe in and to myself, and not follow the crowd. And I think 
having her as kind of my backbone while growing up has really gotten to me to where I am today. That's actually interesting because on the two episodes ago with uh, TFT Fitness, he was actually saying something similar, which is really, really cool. Yeah, I think a lot of us can can share the same message. So what is your favorite lift in the gym and your favorite bodyweight movement you're doing at the moment? Ooh, okay, favorite lift in the gym has to be the deadlift. Yeah, Any variation of a deadlift, <laughs> you know that. Um, and body weight move. Um, I love any plank variation. I love planks. You know, I love working my core. Feels good. It feels strong. Yeah. I'd say planks for body weight and deadlifts for weighted movement. Yeah, you've, you've got a strong deadlift going. Definitely yes. impressive. <laughs> so what is uh, your morning routine like? How do you get your day started and do all your planning and et cetera, get yourself ready and show up? So my morning starts with my evening routine. So night before every morning I have my online classes. So I plan for the week on Sunday, I plan my programming for the week. And then the night before I'll just readjust based on how my clients are doing. Um, so starts with that plan in the morning, I'll wake up about an hour before my classes start, just kind of get ready, shake off the, the sleepiness, have my coffee, um, have a little light something to eat just so I'm not starving while I'm doing the class. Um, and that's pretty much it. I get myself ready, brush my teeth, do all those things that we do in the morning, stretch a little bit, and then off we go. Do you find you some days you stretch less and some days you stretch more depending on how you feel? Or do you have like a solid oh, routine you stick to? No, absolutely. I feel like I'm very in tune with my body and how it feels. So there's some days where I'll feel super stiff when I wake up and then some days I feel okay. Um, but throughout the day, like if I'm watching, if I'm having a TV break, I'm watching TV, I'll just get into a stress position and hold it. Um, it's just what I've been gotten used to now. It's, I guess it's a habit of mine. Um, but there's definitely days where I'll spend a lot more time on mobility. Like the other day after those deadlifts I was doing, I did a whole like 45 minute mobility session because like my hips just needed it because it's been a while. So yeah, I think it's just listening to my body and what it needs that specific day. But there's definitely stretching going on every single day. Yeah, I find if I stretch too early, I'm just kind of not into it. So I definitely try to shake off that sleepiness as well before I go into yeah. it. Because I found in the past, I would sometimes almost injure myself when I was just getting started working out. I would stretch in the morning cold. So now I just try to be a little, little more careful. Yeah, I agree. Me too. So what is one thing you'd recommend deskbound professionals do every day that they could use to improve their posture? Stretch. <laughs> that ties in greatly with what we're just saying. Yeah, I think stretching, especially those hips, those that those the chest and shoulders, I think is very important. If we're in that hunch position all day, like I've been sitting in for the last 20 minutes or so, <laughs> getting up, opening up the chest, you know, dropping it down, making sure we stretch there working on our posture, stretching out our, our glutes, those get super tight from sitting. Yeah, I would say that would be my biggest piece of advice and yeah. taking those movement breaks throughout the day. Yeah, we're going to get up after this uh, recording and do some stretching. Yes. <laughs> so is there any habits or goals you're working on outside of your fitness? Like, is there anything specific you're, you're looking to master? Um, I've been trying to get into journaling a little bit more. Um, it's become pretty mainstream, but for me, I just, I don't know. I, I only, I feel like I only journal when I feel like I need to, I'm not like a daily journaler and I feel like I'm trying to be, but it's not working. And maybe that's just because I don't, I don't need to, I just do it when I feel like I need to. So that's something that I've been working on, but I'm finding that I'm starting to come to terms with the fact that maybe this, it's not an everyday thing for me yeah maybe yeah. If, if there's too much resistance you just gotta let it be yeah exactly yeah but there are times where I'm like oh I, I feel like I really need to write in my journal today and that's when I will and I think that's I think that's totally okay for just listening to when I need to do it so we got some big questions here to finish up the episode if you had the world's attention for one minute what would you say Ooh. okay hmm I would say do whatever makes you happy and feels good. Um, and if I had to frame that to keep with the theme of this episode in terms of strength training, I would say, forget about what everyone else is doing 
and do what makes you feel strong and good with yourself and confident in your body. Ooh, that's some fire. Let's get it. Let's get it. (laughs) So what is one word you would use to to describe fitness? Like, what does it mean to you in one or two words? Life. I think fitness is life. I think that everyone requires a certain amount of fitness to go about their everyday living. Your work requires you to be fit to get there and do the job right, whatever the task may be. And this goes back to the whole subjective piece. Your fitness is for whatever you need it for, right? Like for me, if I'm doing two classes a day, working with clients all day, I need to be pretty fit to do that, helping my clients lift weights and and stuff like that. I need to be fit for that. But for someone who's working that desk job, maybe they don't need the same amount of strength as physical strength as I do objectively, let's sorry, objectively. Um, But for them, they might need to be able to walk to the subway, then walk to their office. And that for them is, is what their life fitness is. Yeah. And it's, it has, and that brings us to a key point is it has to be part of your lifestyle. It's not like a, I have these goals and I'm going to get in shape for the summer. It's really, it has to be a lifestyle. Those should never really approach the goals you had in mind. Yeah, absolutely. This is a long-term, this is a long-term full life journey. So uh, where are some ways people can connect with you and find you? I know for the listeners out there, I saw Nicole was offering your first online class for free. So definitely hit her up for one of those. Yes, yes. Super fun. So you can find me on Instagram at Nicole Fit, um, Nicole L-I-O Fit. I also have a website you can check out. It's NicoleLeolios.com. And I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure to have you. Thanks so much, David. Take care.